0: we mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode two of Weblast, that uh, silly little show wherein I try to become uh, spider relevant again after quite some time away from uh, the webs. Today, we are continuing our first chapter in the Beyond saga. I, I don't know how long Beyond's gonna last. Uh, I guess we'll find out. How about we hop right on in? Today, we're discussing Amazing Spider Man Volume 5, Number 76 which had a December 2021 cover date and a legacy number of 877. Story is untitled, but we'll call it Beyond Chapter 2 because that's what it says on the cover. Written by Zeb Wells, with art by Patrick Gleason, colors Marcio Menez, letters VCs Joe Caramagna, the Beyond board is Thompson, Ziegler, Ahmed, Gleason, and Wells. Edits Kohik, Low, Sebulski, cover price $3.99. This one went on sale October the 13th of 2021. And, uh... You guys might not know this. Hopefully my editing skills are uh, good enough to hide this. But I had to go through those credits about seven times. (laughs) Because uh, when I start going into uh, credits here, I mean, we're almost 300 episodes into X-Lapse, right? So I go, like, right into that mode. Like I'm saying, designs, Tom Muller, head of X's. It's ridiculous how, you know, muscle memory works with your, you know, with your uneducated tongue (laughs) And mouth, uh, saying things like "the beyond board" is a uh, alien to me. So hopefully, hopefully this will become uh, far less painful for me as uh, we continue. If, in fact, anyone would care to hear me continue with this program, but let's get into the book. Let's get in here. Now uh, we open with Aunt May getting an anonymous call regarding her nephew having suffered some sort of an accident. There was some sort of emergency. Now, she's told that he's currently at the McCarthy Medical Center, and uh, then whoever's calling her hangs up. Well, doesn't take us long to find out that the caller is, well, of course, it's Ben Riley, who actually has May in his cell phone contacts as Aunt May, which seems maybe a little sloppy. I don't know. Hey, maybe he's using Peter's phone. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, now Ben is still at the hospital, and he's approached by a doctor who inquires as to what Ben's brother has gotten into. Now, he cites that there are crazy levels of radiation poisoning and potential toxicosis. Now, it looks like this is a beyond doctor, as Ben doesn't appear to be hiding the fact that he's Spider-Man here. Now, Ben mentions that his suit's heads-up display he said that Peter had been hit with some ionizing radiation. He suggests that it may have been uh, amatox- or amatoxin that his brother had gotten into. The doc asks if they might have OD'd on something they shouldn't have been taking. Just then, Mary Jane storms in, demanding to see Peter. The doctor stops her, assuring her that Peter is in absolutely no condition to be seen by anybody. MJ is quite confused, claiming that she'd just gotten off the phone with him. Which is to say, she just got off the phone with Ben, who uh, duped her. So maybe, maybe Ben is using Pete's phone. Suddenly, Peter starts to convulse. And so the doc and a gaggle of orderlies rush in to check on him. From here, we get some narrative captions in red. In them, Peter speaks of a danger and a threat coming from inside his own body which is trying to kill him. I neglected to mention last issue that uh, the issue ended with similar narrative captions in red saying something about a uh, danger from within. From here, we hop over to Beyond Tower. We catch up with Janine and Marcus Monplesea who are awaiting Ben's return. Ben shows up and jokes about the two of them being like parents waiting up for their you know teenage kid. Marcus calls Ben out for taking off the suit for a bit without checking in. Ben explains the Peter situation, claiming that he wasn't going to risk either of their secret identities. Marcus pauses to consider this, and ultimately seems... I don't know if he's cool with it, but he's, you know, he's willing to move on. He reminds Ben that the UFOs got away and still need to be stopped. Also, that Ben has a contractual rest period that he'll need to sit out for, so I guess uh, Spidey is like a union gig. Uh, and finally, that Ben has a session with Dr. Kafka later that afternoon. After Marcus lets himself out, Janine can tell that this whole situation has really, really gotten to Ben. She tries to comfort him, and he expresses to her that Peter is in really bad shape. Speaking of Peter, let's head back to the hospital. MJ is sitting at Pete's bedside, and Aunt May has just blasted in like a damn tornado. She tells Mary Jean that she's heard, all she's heard so far is that this has something to do with radiation. MJ tries to calm her down. Then, Peter regains consciousness and quips that they're treating him like a piece of meat. May asks if he remembers what happened, and so he tells her that the UFOs attacked ESU. Now, before he could tell her that, you know, he's Spider-Man, MJ jumps in to cover for him. She says that Peter was only on campus to meet with Dr. Connors about trying to get his grades up when the baddies struck, and Peter was just a bit of, you know, radioactive collateral damage. But... The doctor can't explain how or why he's uh, reacting the way he did. Well, that's not good enough for May, and so she heads off to raise some hell with Dr. Burdock. Back to beyond. Ben is meeting with the Daughters of the Dragon, who have some new gear for him to use against the UFOs. They're like wrist cuffs, uh, with special properties, like, almost fine-tuned to taking out each of the UFOs who have, like, different elemental properties. Now, Ben is still a bit down in the dumps about the whole other Spider-Man thing. As he begins to tell Misty and Colleen the story of what happened to Peter, Marcus cuts him off. Marcus says that there ain't no other Spider-Man as far as Beyond is concerned, so stop talking about it. The DOD tell Marcus to slow his roll a bit and maybe show a little bit of respect. Now, Ben stops and has a think, and then he tells Marcus that, you know what, I'm leaving for an hour. Uh, Mark don't dig that, but that really ain't a whole heck of a lot he can do to stop him either. So, we swap scenes back to the hospital where Dr. Burdock is is attending to Peter. He says that him regaining consciousness is, uh, you know, a very good sign. And he suggests that Peter might just be half ox. Now, Pete jokes that, you know, hey, you're, you're close. Uh, Now, after Burdock heads off to try to contain Hurricane May, Ben Riley knocks on the door of the uh, hospital room. MJ gives him a rather icy reception, suggesting that he more or less just drop Peter on the curb outside the hospital before going on with the rest of his day. Peter chimes in, claiming that, uh, you know what, Ben, should Mary Jane start beating the hell out of you, I'm not in any condition to stop her. Ben is not here for forgiveness, though. He's actually here to make right on a chat that he and Peter had last issue. If you remember, he said, uh, you know, about the whole being Spider-Man thing That he he wasn't asking Peter, right? He's like, you don't have any say in this, I am Spider-Man now Well, he regrets that He tells Peter that the only way that he'll go through the whole Beyond deal is with his blessing And Peter doesn't quite know what to make of this He tells Ben that his life is, you know, a, a mess It ain't all that great whenever Ben's around Which might just be an understatement He also acknowledges that, hey, if my life's tough, then Ben's must be even tougher. You know, because Ben has all the memories, but no claim to the name, right? He tells Ben that, you know what, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to have what you want. And by golly, you deserve to be Spider-Man. If you want to be, you should be. Ben thanks him. Peter tells him to be amazing, and Ben leaves to attend to the UFOs. MJ tells Peter that he is the sweetest man alive, but then... Once Ben's out of earshot, Peter reveals exactly why he gave him the go-ahead You see, Peter can't feel his body Then he seizes up Now this triggers all sorts of alarms and bells and whistles and just everything's going nuts The doctors rush back in, Peter ultimately slips into a coma Now all the while, as he slips in and out of consciousness We get more of those red narration boxes about the dangers coming from inside Peter's body From here, we jump back to Ben, who spends the last three pages of the issue dispatching the UFOs with his new technology. We wrap up with him announcing to the UFO vector that he is Spider-Man. And hey, you know what? Here's as good a time as any to mention this. Uh, When Ben says Spider-Man, it's in that same font as the new-look Amazing Spider-Man logo. Any thoughts on the logo? I, I, I don't like it. I really don't like it. I prefer the classic amazing Spider-Man logo. I think I might even prefer the, you know, that weird, you know, pointy one from the late 90s. It it just kind of looks like cheap. It looks very minimalistic. Uh, it reminds me of uh, that period of time when the X-books took on the movie logo for a bit. I think that was during the second Claremont run, and it just looked awful. It looked like it didn't fit on a comic book cover. It just didn't feel comic booky. And like I said, it felt cheap. You know, it felt very, very cheap and out of place. I don't know. And I feel similarly about this new Amazing Spider-Man logo. Anyway, that is where we leave the story for today. But we do get another one of those uh, Welcome Back Webheads text pieces from Nick Lowe at the end of the issue. Which isn't very funny. I think it's trying to be, but it's not. And it really doesn't offer up all that much in, uh, in information It's basically just name-dropping some of the creative team Who they forgot to name-drop last issue Next up, we'll take a look at Beyond Chapter 3 uh, Please let me know if you're digging this If uh, this is adding any sort of value to your uh, daily life And if this is a, a series worth uh, pursuing I know I'm enjoying it Hopefully you are as well And uh, hey, let's talk about this issue Which, yes, I'm still really enjoying this Uh, It's really kicking this era off with, uh, you know, kind of a bang. Now, I gotta say, I can only say this, you know, from myself here, because I don't know how this, like, a more seasoned uh, current-year spider reader might be receiving this. You guys know I don't really pay much mind to reviews. I don't really expose myself to other people's opinions too much, which uh, is a good and bad thing, I suppose. But, you know, speaking for myself as a labsty, right, uh, this is some great stuff. Now... I did try to do a little bit of digging, because uh, last episode, uh, Peter had mentioned that Ben had been resurrected and decided that he was going to lay low and just try to live a normal life, and I didn't know how and when Ben came back. So I did a little bit of research, a little bit of digging, and I was led down a very confusing path involving the storyline The Clone Conspiracy and the sort of kind of latter parts of the Dan Slot run, which were part of the cause for my ultimately... 100% checking out on the character I mentioned uh, during my life and times As a Spider-Man bit last episode That I was still buying the book But not reading it, you know And I I would try to pop in every now and again Just to test the waters, you know Dip my toe in, see if it's something I wanted to get back in touch with And, you know, I tried during I I think it was the Clone Conspiracy era Um, And I I neglected to mention this last time Uh, I'm not a fan of the Spider-Verse stuff I know that, uh, I I mean, the kids like it, I think. (laughs) I think the kids like as many Spider characters as possible. I know that uh, there was an animated movie that was fairly critically acclaimed and and fan-acclaimed as well. People really seem to dig it. Uh, You know, I don't watch movies. I don't watch the TV shows. I don't watch the cartoons. All I know is from comic books, which, you know, it's Chris problems right there. But I didn't dig The Spider-Verse stuff in the comics Because I felt as though Peter was being marginalized He felt like the least special thing In his own book Because if you look at that era Peter was not novel Right? He was not a novel character He's been around for half a century So he's a character that we're used to But when you see, like, a Spider-Ham show up, and a Spider-Gwen, or a Ghost-Spider, or a Miles, or, you know, the punk rock Spider-Man, the noir Spider-Man, they have a measure of novelty to them, so they immediately attract your eye. You know, you see them, and it's like, ooh, okay, that's interesting. Whereas Peter is someone that we know, we love, we've seen him forever, and just... He just seems like he's kind of a tourist in his own book Um, And that was also around the time If I'm remembering correctly Because so much of this is conflated in my, you know, peanut-sized brain here I think this is when Marvel started to screw around With how event crossovers would work in the Spider-Books You know, like, you had the the main Amazing Spider-Man book Which is, I mean, you can't argue that it's not the flagship of the Spider-Man line, right? Or at least it should be Well, around that time, Amazing was not where the storyline was going to run. Amazing was basically used as filler, background, and set dressing for the story that was going to be running through a bunch of overpriced minis and overpriced one-shots, and you were just going to get, like, the flavor bits in Amazing. Well, you guys know I order my books two to three months in advance, and without the knowledge that this was going to be the case, well, I stuck with my Can't Quit You book, Amazing Spider-Man And when I tried it out, I didn't get diddly squat And what's more, I'm finding out that In order to actually follow the story I needed to go and pull comics off the shelf At cover price, which was $4.99 or $5.99 an issue And for a story that I really wasn't all that invested in And without the DCBS, you know, 40-50% to discount there was no way I'm going to pay five or six bucks for stories that I felt should have been in the main Amazing Spider-Man title to begin with. The flavor stuff should have been left to the to the minis and the one-shots. The stuff that you could go out and buy should you want more of it. It shouldn't be the other way around, in my opinion. I, I don't know how that worked sales-wise. I haven't done the research. I haven't hit Comicron to see how it went. And honestly, I really it, it really doesn't matter to me so much. It just kind of jumped out at me, that whole muddled era jumped out at me when I was trying to do a little bit of Ben Riley research. Uh, I think this was also around the time that uh, Dan Slott kind of threw a tissy fit in my direction. Uh, He yelled at me and then blocked me on Twitter immediately. For daring to say that his story where he brought Uncle Ben back, for like one of those awful Spider-Verse stories, I said, I I basically said that it wasn't nearly as internet-breaky and halfy as he said it would be. And he was quite perturbed by that, and uh, he sicked a bunch of sycophants on me for having the uh, unmitigated gall to suggest that uh, one of his story beats just didn't quite land for me. So, uh, yeah, maybe um, maybe I got a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth from that. But uh, what were we talking about again? Oh, yeah, yeah, beyond. Beyond Chapter 2, this issue of Amazing. Uh, You know, taking Peter off the board this way is very interesting. Um, It does not feel forced and it manages to keep us guessing as to how we'll get back to the status quo. And it also provides a pretty seamless, uh, almost a convenient transition of Ben into the webs, while also giving us the opportunity to follow both spider mans storylines without feeling like either is being shortchanged or deprived as it pertains to you know, panel time. I love that Peter was uh, being depicted as so out of it, here that he very nearly spilled the Spidey beans to Aunt May Having MJ there to cover for him and redirect the conversation was quite well done Now at first, though, I gotta say, you know, I've been away for a while I thought for a moment that perhaps during my time away That May had found out about the secret identity again It really wouldn't have surprised me either way But MJ being there to pipe in definitely cleared things up for me uh, Let's talk about that old Parker guilt Uh, Now, Ben is definitely haunted by it, right? A great consistent bit of characterization, you know I mean, he is Spider-Man now And by all rights, he can continue to be Even without Peter's blessing I mean, what's Peter going to do about it? But, as a fake-ass Parker himself Well, he needs that blessing He doesn't feel right about just taking the mantle Uh, He needs for Peter to actually say it's okay now, the Parker guilt, if you've read Spider-Man for any amount of time, you'll know that that's definitely a hand that can be overplayed. But here, I feel like it works quite well. And it totally fit into the story that Wells and the gang are trying to tell here. We got that odd feeling during the uh, during the little coffee or lunch scene with uh, Ben and Peter last issue, where Ben is being quite curt. You know, he's like, I'm not asking. You know, it, it felt very out of character for Ben... And that was on purpose, because it was out of character for Ben Ben was, like, trying to big-league Peter, you know And only when he stopped to think about it He was, you know, haunted by the, the guilt He was haunted by that Parker guilt He needed Peter's okay And, and I, I thought this played very, very well uh, I also dug the follow-up on the Daughters of the Dragon subplot Having them here working for Beyond in, like, a support role Very cool, very cool stuff and I also dig that when uh, Push came to shove that Misty and Colleen were sympathetic to Ben and even went so far as to call Marcus out for being kind of callous about his concerns for the other Spider-Man. Now, this establishes where their loyalties lie. And in this early on, I feel like that's a good bit of info. We can tell here, or we can assume here, that they are definitely on you know Team Ben or Team Spidey, I suppose. So if and ultimately when this whole Beyond thing falls apart, they'll almost certainly side with the good guys. Now, another bit from our Issue 75 backups is mentioned uh, when Marcus informs Ben that he has a session with Dr. Kafka. Not that it was left all that nebulous last time out, we kind of got the impression that she was, she you know she bit, <laughs> she bit on the bait. Uh, Marcus Montpellier or whatever his name is, he dropped the the, uh, the file with Ben Riley's name on it on her desk, and she was immediately just, okay, this is interesting, right? But now we got confirmation that she is. Maybe on Beyond's payroll At least as a, as a consultant, right? She's at least somewhere in the Beyond web, right? And while it's been ages since I looked at any of the uh, 90s clone saga stuff I know that Kafka definitely had a more than a passing interest in Ben Reilly So, interested to see where that goes um, Yeah, I can't not mention the art uh, Because it was fantastic You know, it was fantastic art here uh, With Patrick Gleason on board Amazing Spider-Man feels like an event. It really does feel like something special. And I have nothing against, like, a classic Spidey artist like a Mark Bagley. But, uh, I tell you what. The last time I even had, like, an inkling about getting back into Spidey was during the Last Remains arc from last winter. I said I'm not a fan of Nick Spencer, and I'm not. But the reason I was kinda curious is because... Well, I kind of had Spidey on the brain. I was, I was playing through the uh, Spider-Man PS5 game at the time, and, you know, as I played through it, I felt, it felt wrong that I wasn't reading Spider-Man. You know, so I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll pop in, I'll grab an issue. I heard that Last Remains had started up a couple of months prior. I figured, okay, those will still be on the six-month walls anywhere I go. I'll hop in, I'll pick it up, I'll see where, uh, I'll see where it leaves us, right? And then I saw that Mark Bagley was the artist. And, again, I like Mark Bagley. But it made me feel as though I was looking at something from 25 years ago. It didn't feel fresh. It didn't look appealing. It just didn't seem new. So I left it on the shelf. And, again, I like Bagley. (laughs) This just didn't jive for me. Gleason, though? Boy. um, Now, this might not make any sense as a comparison, but I get, like, Greg Capullo Batman vibes here. Not that their art is really anything alike, but when Capula was on art, Batman always felt like an event to me. And the same goes here for Gleason on Amazing. Now overall, Beyond is still definitely very much in building mode, we're only two chapters in. But I tell you what, as if I need to, you know, uh, say it here, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's an absolute blast so far. And so I'm really enjoying this revisit to the webs and uh, definitely looking forward to more. Now, if you're on the fence about this, I'd say give it a shot. Um, or, you know, at the very least, wait for it to show up on Marvel Unlimited. Give it a flip through. See if you dig it. It's uh, it's fun. It's very, very fun. And again, I can't speak for, you know, the current year Spider-Fan. Just a... Uh, me, as a lapsty, I'm really having a good time. So, I think that's about all I have to say about this one. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Uh, please, consider letting me know if you are enjoying this, if you like this program, if you like this idea. I would very much like to hear from you. Uh, you can contact me several different ways. You can find me on Twitter, at Ace Comics. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, at 90sXmen. Uh, the Instagram experiment is... a. Uh, is, a, is in, like, phase three. I think I've tried it three times before quitting. So uh, we'll, we'll see how long I'm on there. But uh, for now, I'm there. 90s X-Men. Uh, you can send me an email, history at gmail.com, or you can call into the voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head to chrissoninfiniteearths.com. Our Facebook group is 90s X-Men. That's for X-lapsed, but uh, hey, we'll talk about web laps there too if you'd like. I'm I'm down to talk about. Anything, including uh, the weather or that that pain you have in in your foot as you walk, anything you want to talk about, I'm here, ready and willing to be chatted up. Um, Of course, the complete audio archives for all the programs is at chrisandreggie.podbean.com, and you can find that on every single podcatcher that exists and probably some that don't. Uh, There is a Patreon, patreon.com slash Xlash, where you get some exclusive content, some behind-the-scenes stuff for a very uninteresting fellow. And uh, while we're here, I'd like to thank the wonderful patrons over there, Andrew Franklin, Ed Moore, Walt Nealon, Jeremiah, Jason Colby, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Jesse DeYoung, Damian, Peter McPherson, Mark Jagger, Herman, and Andrew in Belfast. As always, your support means the absolute world to me and makes a, a huge difference in uh, the joy I get out of these projects. And that's got nothing to do with anything monetary. It's just the knowledge that uh, there are folks out there who believe in me and uh, my comic book silliness. It really does mean the absolute world. It's, it's hard to put into words. So thank you so, so much. But I think that's where we will leave it for today. I hope everyone out there is having a happy, warm, and safe holiday weekend. And for those who don't celebrate, I hope you're having a splendid weekend as well. And of course, I'd like to thank you all so much for choosing to spend a little bit of that weekend with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya!